of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 334. Jason Lingren is with me, and John White is with us all the way from China. Uh, believe it or not, China looks to have better internet than we're used to. We have no, no connection problem. We're going to talk about frequency, which is a thing near and dear to my heart for those who have followed and looked at the work of luminaries such as Walter Russell, uh, the idea of cymatics, and so many other things to even include the sky clock. Um, you can begin to put together why frequency matters and why it's such a marginalized thing in our world and why it doesn't really play much of any role in medicine, which is ironic. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a very good morning, early morning, in fact. Yeah, well, we're, we're way off China, so we had to adjust. So we are, in fact, getting out of bed early to do this. Go ahead. Let's, uh, let's do the intro for Mr. John White and you lead us in. All right. So John White is a rife researcher. That's R-I-F-E, and inventor from New Zealand, now living in Nanjing, China. With a background in electrical engineering, physics, and computer sciences, he has been researching and developing solutions to serious diseases since 2008. John specializes in energy and scalar resonance healing, biofeedback, and PEMF therapy. With an insatiable desire for truth and knowledge, John has collaborated with other research groups to discover answers to health issues. Anything you want to add to that, John, before we start talking about the actual technology? Uh, no, that's that wonderful. And I would like to say it's great to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I don't think we've done a lot of interaction with China, though I always see in my uh, analytic reports, I'm getting hit in a couple places from China. I'm guessing one of those places is you. <laughs> yes, that would be right. I don't think I've got my VPN on at the moment. <laughs> you have to VPN around the Great Wall of China. We do, the Great Firewall of China. You know, every country has got its positives and its negatives. I find China very, very safe and also less suppressive for alternative medicine. It's, it's actually, I read a lot of Western news, in fact, only Western news because I can't read Chinese. And um, it, I read of how terrible it is and, and this and this is happening and I sort of scratch my head and I look around and I think, well, no, I can't see it. <laughs> I can't see it myself. You know, people don't live in fear. People are happy. In fact, when I was living in New Zealand, people live in fear from the tax man and, and regulations and, and now the price of houses. And 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 um, I think I think a lot of Western countries, they – they force people to work by keeping them in deficit, <laughs> if you like. Whereas in China, you can um, you, you get greater freedom. Strangely enough, it must sound odd to the people listening, but um, I feel more free here than I did in New Zealand, which uh, I'll just um, mention now, just south of Australia. In case people don't realise where New Zealand is, it's a tiny dot, a dot on most maps. In fact, there's a big um, issue at the moment in New Zealand news where many atlases omit New Zealand altogether. They save a bit of ink. <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess I would comment perception is everything. And when you're demoting the relevance of the Western world and promoting the ascendance of the Eastern world, I think that fits in exactly with what you're talking about. In other words, it's almost like China is experiencing the America of the 50s. Uh, to boy up the spirits and, you know, take 
take leadership on the world stage. It seems to be that age old idea uh, that the media, the television, everything can pretty much steer the perception. Um, what world would we have if everybody just turned off the electronics? I would ask. But John, let's let's jump right into this. Um, how did you initially stumble onto the concept of frequency as treatments? And by the way, we should have mentioned um, you're you're trained as is it electrical engineer? Is that right? Yes, electrical and electronic engineering, software engineering, biomedical engineering, and project management and other things as well. So how how did you stumble on uh, the idea of using frequency uh, for basically health to treat living men and women? Well, a lot of it was, I guess, from my father, who was an electronics engineer, and he taught me way before I should have known, (laughs) um, taught me about resonance, electrical resonance, this is, and how you can get phenomenal powers from very little input. And um, these ideas of you know, cycle in my mind. Um, and I thought, well, this could actually cause movement in our body, in ourselves. And independent of what I learned subsequently, I thought, well, maybe I could make a machine that um, they can treat disease in the body um, through frequencies. And so I, being, being stupid, I was designing this machine and then I stumbled upon the fact that it had all been done before and no doubt it had been done better by a gentleman by the name of Royal Rife. And so I realised that, um, you know, there's, there's no point in going off on a tangent. It's better to uh, delve deeper into the historical past to help me create a better future. You know, and so this is what I did. I um, researched Royal Rife, uh, found what he had done, and um, what I I sort of modernised a lot of his um, a lot of his work because uh, he's using valves and components which are not available now, but um, he, he's really the person that started it. So I sort of aligned my projects with his, and then we're not a tangent after that. So I guess we should mention at this point: are are we gonna? Are you at all concerned if a bunch of Western traffic comes in? Where oh, we we establish your site's not being served in China, is it? Uh, no, it's not being served in China. No. Okay, so basically, Spooky Two, uh, the word Spooky with the number two, that's the main way people can look you up. So if someone was going to jump on a search engine or fire in a URL, what would they do to find all the things that you've created? Our launchpad site is spooky2.com. Uh, that's the, uh, the the company that we formed. And from there, you can there's links to other sites that we've created, which I'll mention later on. I have a personal website, cancerclinic.co.nz, or NZ if you're American. I have a cancer clinic in New Zealand, and that's the website where I release pre-release software for testing purposes, as well as maintaining um, very up-to-date databases and and, uh, other things. Do you have to hide what you're doing in China? So, you know, I know darn darn well if you were doing this kind of thing in the U.S., uh, you'd be censored. Uh, Do you notice a difference between when you were running cancer clinics in New Zealand and what you're doing now in China? Are you left alone? (laughs) Well, when... Uh, when I had my cancer clinic in New Zealand, um, I got uh, investigated 
uh, by a private investigator who <laughs> my clinic was clandestine, it was just underneath the University of Auckland's uh, cancer research group. And they didn't know I was there. And um, the private investigator went blundering through there asking, do you know where the cancer clinic New Zealand is? And so everyone went scouting around and they discovered there's all this equipment in the, in the basement and, and, and there's, a, there's a person there running and, and treating people. And in New Zealand, it's illegal to um, give any sort of treatment if you're not a registered medical professional. <laughs> and also if you're not using the, um, the, the regular allopathic um, treatment methods. Of course, I wasn't. So um, I got whacked around a little bit, not physically, but uh, you know, I, I, I got threatened with um, closures and fines and things. And I decided, no, this is not the life I want to live. I want to have a bit of freedom uh, so I can continue developing machines. You know, my my vision isn't to only treat members of the family or, or friends. Um, it's to make a paradigm change in the way that um, people think. If you're sick, what do you do? And I want the first idea that pops into everyone's heads to be, oh, hey, let's, let's use a frequency treatment device or some other natural means of restoring one's health rather than consuming poisons. So I decided, no, look, if, it's, if I'm not going to be able to do it here, I'm not going to stop. I just do it elsewhere. And um, this, uh, there's going to be a bit of a personal story in there too. Um, the, um, I was using mostly one supplier for components in China, uh, in particular the frequency generators and, and other little things. And um, I came to know this person quite well. And I said, look, you know, can I come in China and you can sort of give me some sort of accommodation for a while and, and try to get my feet on the ground. And, um, and she said, sure. Um, and so I did. I, um, I lifted my anchor and um, came here. What, I, don't, I didn't do it with the intention of permanently living in China. But if you feel comfortable in a place, it becomes a home anyway. So um, since coming here, I, I only have returned to New Zealand to you know, to um, catch up with uh, family and friends. But um, for six years, I've now been in China. It's my permanent home. I've, I'm now married uh, to the person who invited me to China. And I've got a, a, um, a baby girl here. Uh, we've got a house. So in China is now my home um, and I've got freedom for the time I've been in China I've never once been threatened from local authorities um, that I must close for what I do the machines I develop I think that the the authorities in China they seem to have a wider perspective of things of course you've got the uh, traditional Chinese medicine which is acupuncture and vacuum uh, suction cups and, and uh, massaging and everything and um, it's probably as common as um, allopathic or regular doctors you know you, you see as many clinics doing acupuncture as as um, those that just dispense poisons so it's it's 
recognised as a normal method of treatment. Um, I've been to several medical uh, trade shows here to um, get a feel for, you know, what other you know, other people are doing, other manufacturers, and the, it's just oh, thousands upon thousands of other companies selling um, products which would not be allowed in any Western country. Crazy products, some of them, um, but the um, the authorities yeah don't stop them. They they think what well, it does no harm, so let them be. Maybe the authorities are too busy um, claiming, <laughs> claiming you know, fighting fighting other countries or whatever you know for for uh, real estate or or you know, but um, these the um, people that are doing the medical uh, the alternative medicine um, methods and equipment um, they're left alone. So it's fantastic freedom in that regard, and and people. Um, have got greater choice about who they turn to. They might turn to a, um, a traditional doctor who will diagnose you by just measuring your pulse and then tell you, well, your, your left uh, ventricle of your heart is just a little bit weak. You know, just by measuring your pulse or your, your, your chi is down or something like this. Um, and that's it. I mean, real medicine. It's real medicine. It's, it's really grassroots. And, you know, um, I've been to a lot of these doctors. Um, now I'm, I'm a very fit person, but I go for a matter of interest, you know. I'd like to hear these things. And um, they're really on, on, on the game, you know. They really um, they take a real interest in you. And they've also got a scheme which I really like. They, um, you pay them money regularly, small amounts, because everything in China is dirt cheap. I mean, to eat out is... Um, I'll just do a quick calculation, about $4 US to eat quite well, you know, and the restaurant is about 4 maybe $5 if you go high class. Things are really cheap. Americans, I don't have any idea. And um, um, you pay the doctors a little bit each week. If you get sick, you stop paying them. So what happens is the doctor phones you, hey, how are you feeling, you know? Or they might say, look, we've had a few people that have had this flu coming around, I'll shoot you a few um, tablets to stop you getting sick. Because as soon as you get sick, they lose their income. So isn't it a fantastic scheme? And they do this here in China. Common sense and medicine, what are you talking about, man? I, I've, never, <laughs> I've never experienced such a thing here in the lofty West. Well, you know, the word healthcare is an oxymoron. You know, healthcare, like, really? And they, <laughs> they dare to use that phrase for drugs and for other prescription things and for doctors that only see you for 15, 20 minutes maximum, as soon as you walk out the door, they rub their hands like, okay, next, and you're part of the production line. They don't care whether you get sick. In fact, they want you to get sick. So you come inside, you know, you go to them again, spend your $65, $80, whatever it is. And yeah, that's just, it's just crazy. But um, China does things a little bit different and I like it. It's, it's, I think I needed a change as well, you know. Things were getting very, very boring in New Zealand. It's a small country, and yeah, I needed the change. You know, John, this serves as an important thing for people in the West because most of us are trained to hate on a place like China. Um, I actually have a hell of a lot of respect for a lot of the Asian communities, particularly China, if for no other reason, um, original 
allopathic Chinese medicine has the potential to undo so much of the damage that we're experiencing here. Um, and as you're pointing out, uh, they're still doing these things. Even to this day, if you go on a search engine in the United States without a VPN and other things, and you try to find stuff on Royal Raymond Rife, uh, it's been just diminished what's available online. And there you are in China, basically taking Rife's work. But I, I want to tell you a thing that happened to me recently and get your reaction because you're basically using frequency uh, to try to heal, um, to remedy ills of the living human body. So I don't know, what was it, Jason? It was like three weeks ago when I got sick and mom got sick, something like that. Yeah. So my mom gets sick. She's sick for three days. My mom's almost 90. So I'm doing the cell salts. I'm doing all the things. She gets over it. She's very congested. Then my wife gets it. Then I get it. And the first day that I get it, I feel horrible, but I've already had the mind change and I'm telling myself, this is all about frequency. I'm starting to feel so bad. I know if I can just get my butt outside and go use the sun to realign my frequency, um, that I'll probably be better off. But the first day I don't feel even good enough to do that. So the next morning I get out, I get in the sun and by noon I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm a sun gazer, by the way, just so you know. I've reached a point where I can pretty much look at the midday sun, not all the time. Um, if it's one of those days I wear my UV glasses, um, if I can't take it straight, because um, I've, I've gotten used to it, but I realign my frequency because I accept at this moment of existence that when you get a thing called the flu, what's actually happened is it's electromagnetic in nature. So what happens with me is for 24 hours, I feel so bad. I don't even think I can drag my carcass outside. The next day I do, um, I get into my energy work, trying to elevate my frequencies using the sun and I feel better by noon. Uh, I'm congested for, I think two weeks, everyone was congested. Um, probably what they would have called covidius minimus. Um, but my point here is, is I accept two things in this world. Now there's one force it's electricity and the common flu is basically electromagnetic in nature. How do you feel about those things that I accept? Well, my uh, I'm fully aligned with you. I, I, I in fact, you're one of the few, one of the few people I've spoken to that um, that um, understands the significance. Um, you've you're using the natural photons from the sun and the bi natural vibrations of the earth. I hope you'll be a foot by the way. <laughs> And I actually had to take off my shoes and ground to, to get Max. And then eventually later that day, I did the coup de gras or the best I can do here is I took off my shoes. I bury my feet in the sand right at the salt water's edge to, yes. to open up all the possibility for energies to travel. And uh, yes. I was good to go within a day. Yes. Now you try and explain that to someone who's, who's got a closed mind. And, and they'll poo-poo the idea. They'll think it's crazy. And they won't even try it. This is the stupid thing. They as they, as they take poisons. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you accept that uh, there's only one force in the world called electricity or electromagnetism? No, no, no. Well, there's more. But um, to our um, perception, that's all that we can see. But um, I believe that there are others beyond what we know. Related to electricity and magnetism? I mean, the way I kind of view it is that magnetism, I would explain to another as the daughter of electricity. 
Yeah, but time's a field as well. I don't know how it, that would fit in there. Mm, I see where you're going there. Yeah, I see exactly where you're going there. Um, Jason, you want to jump in here? So let's get back on to the frequencies thing. What was your first foray into understanding this kind of thing, why it works? And um, yeah, just take that. Well, well, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, I was, I was making equipment before I even discovered Royal Rife. You know, I, I, did a, I did a Jason. I felt really rotten. I didn't do any uh, uh, sun gazing because I didn't actually know about it at that time. Uh, it should be common knowledge, but it's not, and I hadn't read about it. But I'd um, just completed this prototype plasma rife machine, which works off frequencies, and um, I decided to treat myself with it. Now, I turned the unit on. I, mean, I felt really bad. By, uh, I, I had a terrible congestion. I felt dizzy. It was a full-blown full flu, and I... Um, Turn it on, and I would say, without any exaggeration, within less than a minute, I felt close to 100%. Close to just under a minute, close to 100%. And then after after running for three minutes, I was thinking to myself, really, what I, I was being a sucker. I'm, I'm, I, you know, <laughs> we've all got short term memories. They were just three minutes ago. I, you know, I was complaining, but there's nothing to complain about now. So, what's, what's the problem? I really felt fantastic after that short treatment. And so this was really the first proof positive that I had that I was on the on the right track. And it was subsequent to this that I discovered Royal Life and how he had used plasma as well. I was using a machine that was using um, racing car spark plug, uh, uh, racing car ignition coils to light the tubes. It was, it was quite primitive and it couldn't hit the high notes. But... Um, Harmonics of the frequencies I was using uh, were probably quite quite high, and probably close to the uh, the absolute frequencies. But just that um, that one experience confirmed for me that it was going to be good. And so I took the machine and um, helped a few people recover from quite serious diseases. One woman had a uh, metastatic um, breast cancer, and so I used uh, my long tube my long plasma tube uh, with her and um, she went back to the um, back to the hospital for her MRI just prior to having an operation to remove the larger tumours in the body. Um, of course, they won't be able to catch all the satellite uh, tumour cells that will be flowing through. And they, caught, they couldn't see any tumours at all after that. Locally applied, John? So, so that, was, that was the tube laid locally across her chest or something like that? Yes, well, I did it two ways. I, I started off with it sort of horizontal. If she's vertical, the tube was horizontal across her breast. And then I had the tube longitudinal, you know, vertical in the same orientation. Um, and touching her skin, the tube I had touching, because I, I've got my own theories about um, near field um, and, and the effectiveness of a near field, which is a type it's a longitudinal wave, which turns into a far field, which is a Hertzian wave. I shouldn't get so technical, but um, for the purposes of, a, of for most listeners, the wave changes orientation from backwards and forwards to up and down. And longitudinal waves, which is the wave close to a tube, is more effective. So I was using that waveform. 
so John, I, I've got to ask when the tube is, is on the, on the patient, uh, do you smell ozone? Is it like that? Is it like, is it, is it, is it similar to the Tesla violet ray device? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Ozone that you um, smell from inferior, um, I'll just speak my mind. It's only between you and me, right? Um, tubes is that it's because they want to sell tubes and make looks and look uh, make tubes look very impressive by lighting up very brightly. So they add little parts of mercury into the tube. What this has the effect of is making the tube, when it ignites, go very bright. And so people think, great, it's powerful. Um, now, the mercury also lowers the spectrum of the light that's being emissed by the tube and brings it closer to ultraviolet, uh, which is around 254 nanometers. At that wavelength, you get ozone generated. The, um, the cheap kind of glass to use for plasma tube is quartz, and quartz generates ozone like crazy. And so the um, <laughs> the Tesla lamps, which emit large amounts of ozone, um, have got a little bit of mercury in them, and they're uh, producing light which isn't tremendously healthy. I should jump in here, John, because we've had Clive DeCarl on who takes old, early 1900s violet ray devices with actual Tesla coils. Um, The claim is is that there is no mercury in them, and he points to the replacement tubes that are being made now saying there is mercury in them. So I have one, Jason has one, and the claim is is that there's no mercury in these devices, that the glass is blown to a certain specification. It's not ports. Um, which I'm, you know, when you start talking about things that God made, I'm all ears. (laughs) You want to talk courts? Now I'm interested. Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, Clive DeCarl, by the way, is a good friend of mine. He's a great guy. Now you're talking about historical Tesla coils, right? The Tesla Tesla globes. Um, Historically, they worked fantastic. Um, But then you get, all the people jumping in on the bandwagon and, and producing them cheaply. Right. And I guess one of the countries that, bring, that sort of springs to mind is <laughs> China. <laughs> well, that's, that's where a lot of the mercury tubes are coming from. Yeah, if you yeah. know Clive, you know that he's refurbishing. He's even looking for people with the skill set to make the, the new um, the electrodes, the glass electrodes. But Surprisingly yes. enough, what we're hearing is there was so many of these in the 1900s that there are tons and tons of them around. Um, but it's my understanding the versions that we got from Clive have no mercury in them. Yeah, that's got quite possible if they're if they're made by quality manufacturers. And it's funny this this should come up because one of our products is very similar to this. We have a ray gun. <laughs> which is a Miramate device. Uh, we've got several brands. Miramate is one of our brands. And we made we, we make a ray gun which uses um, the proper kind of gas, which is what was used originally with the Tesla tube, which is which have got no, which has got nothing to do with making it look making it look bright and impressive. Um, it uses a very high quality glass SGS1. Um, you can go to SGS2 or um, other a supercell glass to pass the special light that's emissed 
Now, the original um, Tesla uh, globes, if you like, um, they used to emit vacuum ultraviolet, which is perfectly safe. It's below regular ultraviolet. If you use mercury with argon or neon or something, you're, you're doing two, five, four nanometers. But if you can get to something like triple two nanometers, uh, which is the uh, KRCL gas composite. Uh, if if you uh, use that and you create what's called an excimer lamp uh, using high voltage to ionize, obviously, and then you use SGS1 glass, which costs an arm and a leg for a tiny amount, and blow that to the right proportions, and you've got to use external electrodes because the uh, the chlorine gas is extremely corrosive, so you need to up the voltages as well. If you do all this, you've got a winning, um, you know, you've got you've got a winner. I think we've sent a ray gun. To, in fact, we have. We sent a ray gun to um, Clive. It's an amazing device. It would work as well as the Tesla um, coils, uh, Tesla machines, Tesla guns of the early 1900s. Um, and they certainly did work very, very well. The vacuum ultraviolet uh, light, if you put the tube against your skin, it, it creates um, um, ion species that passes through your tissue. It's like an ozone inside your body. Our ray gun, we wanted to increase the uh, penetration of this ozone. So we uh, had an earthing pad on a TENS pad, which we... Um, which you place on the other side of your body, and the uh, you put the tube on the ray gun hard up against your skin, uh, and the ozone passes to a depth of around nine inches into your body. So if you've got a tumor in your breast or other part of your body, and it's not too deep, you can actually apply without using any special frequencies. Our ray gun just shoot shoot the um, tumor directly. Typically, how long, uh, if you had a serious tumor um, and you were able to treat it in the way you're describing, how quickly, uh, for lack of better terms, can you align those cells back to a proper frequency? Uh, well, that's that's a good way of putting it because tumors, you know, if you align things back to the correct frequency, then things go back to a normalcy. Right. And disease is basically a misbalance. Okay, so how long does it take? It depends the size of the tumor and... Um, and what type of cancer it is as well, because some cancers are very, very aggressive and multiply faster than what the you know what the tube can address. It, it's not incredibly fast, and certainly the the deeper the tumor is, the harder it's going to be. Um, so we're talking like six months to a year, I guess, for you know for the tumor to dissipate and, and uh, go to normalcy. You're saying a nine-inch penetration with a grounding pad. I mean, that would give you access to treating lungs, all kinds of things. All kinds of things. The ray gun, the face of the tube isn't very large. It's perhaps 25 mils or or one inch in diameter. So, um, yeah, it's it's not a magic bullet, even though it's a ray gun. Um, it's not a magic bullet because you've got to also do other things to uh, supplement supplement this device. It, it certainly um, is a fantastic weapon to have in your arsenal. But people have a tendency to think, well, I'll buy a machine to 
I cure the cancer and that's all I've got to do. But something caused that cancer and, and that cause has got to be stopped. Otherwise, it will reoccur or replenish the cancer, feed the cancer, which has become established in your body. And so um, it will be prudent to, as well as using ray gun, do the other things like the, oh, um, you know, take supplements to fight it like B17 or, or many of the other things to take. Well, it comes down to food, right? I mean, it comes down to nutrition. It always comes down to nutrition. But I'm going to ask the question everyone's thinking. Can folks find the ray gun on the spooky2.com website? Um, I think it's a Miramate product. So miramate.com. It's M-I-R-A-M-A-T-E.com. But there's a law. There's, you can see that on the uh, Spooky2 website. Their main sales website is spooky 2 more. Dot com. It's dash M-A-L-L dot com. Is there any issue with shipping devices like this around? No. Well, we have had some problems with um, other countries asking questions and then causing a few headaches. But no, Jen, we can deliver to every country for products like ray gun and other frequency devices. Um, very quickly. It's quite surprising. It, um, a lot depends on how we, how we describe the product. How would you stack up the radiator? So I'm, I'm so impressed. I, I got, uh, it's probably a 1920s violet ray device. It's not the biggest kit, but it's a decent size. I think it was made in Germany back in the day. The one that Clive refurbished for me, and I have been so impressed with it. How do you feel the ray gun stacks up to someone who's been using something like an old 1920s German built violet ray device? It's very similar to one of those. I've, I've um, had one before I left New Zealand. I had a lot of um, equipment taken away from me by some authorities. Um, so I lost that, which is a crying shame. Of all the things I wanted to bring back, that was probably the, 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 the biggest thing, but it's very similar. The um, the ray gun, even though it's small and uh, dinky looking, it's quite powerful. Um, it can it can um, supply very. You can you can feel it's an operation. If you draw the tube away from your skin, you can feel uh, you can feel almost like a burning, and there's huge amounts of uh, ozone being created through the exposed arc between the glass and your skin. Um, that's the mode that we suggest if it's a skin cancer because the ozone, of course, uh, deals to um, the, the tropical cancer very well. But it's very powerful. The the uh, tubes, the very, very first um, Tesla uh, tubes did have some he- uh, helium in them. Helium is a, quite a bright orange colour when it ionises. Uh, we're using a, um, a gas which is um, very narrow band in the spectrum of light it puts out. All you can, can see is a very, very light blue color, if any, very light blue, uh, not, not the bright orange that you would see in your machine. So there's two. In, in, in the machines that Clive's, there's basically a bluish one and there's basically a more violet than orange. There is one that's a bit more orange. But if we think about a rainbow, now that I'm applying it to what you're telling me, um, you're, you're going to a much shorter wavelength. If it's some form of blue, you know, an orange would be closer to red. So a longer waveform, right? 
Yes, well, your blue one will be um, argon gas or an argon mix. There's a um, there's standard mixes which um, neon tube manufacturers have, and there's one standard mix which has argon. It's possibly that, or even pure argon. If it's a very pale blue, it'll be quite likely argon. Um, the gas that we use, um, uh, KRCL, that's extremely poisonous. Um, and um, of all the um, places in the world, uh, there's only one factory that handles it, that's got the certification to handle such dangerous gas, and it just happens to be in China. So we're um, lucky to, a, to find this place and very, very lucky that they're willing to uh, work with us in designing the tube. Um, in fact, the the... The, and the ray garden is a complete project. The hardest thing, the most difficult thing was the tube itself. <laughs> really difficult. We were using internal electrodes and still having the electrodes failing. Um, and we were using inert tungsten and carbon and all sorts of other, um, even, you know, gold electrodes. Everything gets destroyed by this gas. It, um, is it, when they, when you think of a neon, a neon tube or other tubes as having a as having a pressure of gas, it's actually a vacuum. It's it's less pressure than atmospheric pressure, so it's very very little amount of gas in the tubes. Uh, but uh, KRCL is a very expensive gas. It's um, it's, a, um, it's used in excimer lamps, which are a type of uh, discharge lamp used for medicinal purposes in laboratories um, or narrow band uh, UV treatment of water and other sterilization. But um, there's different types of excimer gases. KRCL is one of the more exotic ones. The wavelength is exactly 222 nanometers. In um, developing any sort of plasma machines, you need to have a, um, a, a means of measuring the light spectrum output. Because you've got to apply for certification before you sell products on the market, unless you're a bit of a cowboy. And um, so we um, got the specialist equipment for testing. Uh, it's basically a vertical line in the spectrum. Um, you know, if you if you have the scale between 200 and 250 nanometers, it's still a line even at that at that scale range. Um, that light. It's an, it is an ultraviolet light, but one that is safe to view without wearing glasses. You don't need to wear glasses using um, using ray gun, even though we we do supply glasses. That's for the, you know because it's still an ultraviolet. Is there any danger in breaking the glass if the if the gas is so toxic? No, because it is extremely toxic, and um, we've broken a few tubes, um, both intentionally and otherwise. And, and all these times when you break it, immediately the gas is gone. Tiny amount. It's very, it's it's less than the air that's inside that tube because yeah. it's actually a vacuum in the tube. So atmosphere goes into the tube and the, and the gas disperses out. Both KR and CL are, are natural gases, so they don't harm the environment. They just harm your body if you inhale quantities of it. Like chlorine gas is used in the war. But also, they, people use chlorine. Crazy, isn't it? Chlorine to um, sterilize swimming pools. 
And the amount of groin which is um, dissipated from swimming pools is much, much more than what is put into each of these tubes. So it's perfect, it is perfectly safe. You would not do anything that endangers um, other people or is detrimental to the environment. And I'll be surprised if some people don't go uh, to track down the ray gun. Um, you know, we're good friends with Clive. We had him on a number of times. Matter of fact, Jason, didn't he mention, I think he mentioned the ray gun on one of the episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Do you yeah, remember? I so. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep going down this road. Uh, can you, <laughs> can you talk about actual application and results of application or is that a good thing to stay away from? Uh, well, before I mention much else, I've got to say that I'm not a trained registered medical professional. The things I say are my points of view and things that other people have reported back to me. For all the equipment that I design and we manufacture, each one of them is effective. If, if they didn't do the task that they were designed to do, we wouldn't even bother making them. Life's too short for wasting, you know, to well, waste time. So, sorry to interrupt, John, but we should point out, you, you don't make a dime at this. When we met John, um, <laughs> I, I was surprised and not well, actually not surprised. He passed the true altruism test. You're doing all this work in China and you're not getting a paycheck, are you? No. Well, I think I mentioned to you, I, I, I'm just on a permit here and I'm, I'm not allowed to earn money uh, because I'm married. And my wife is a Chinese resident. She slips me some money and tells me to disappear for a while. I do on my bicycle and have, you know. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm not like a, a pauper, but I don't, I don't earn money. I don't earn wages. No. And the, and um, it's one of the things that I think it makes it makes a huge difference. If I if my focus was on money, then the machines would be different. The prices would certainly be different, and the passion wouldn't be there. I wouldn't put the effort in. I'd, 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 I'd buy other products, stick my company's label on it, non-sell it, and make a profit, and, and this sort of crazy nonsense. But, you know, I sleep at night, and I sleep well, <laughs> because I've got, a, I've got a clear conscience. The things I do, um, I don't know whether you're – um, interested here, but I, I truly believe that we've got to live a, a, a wholesome life. I believe that we don't live once. I believe that we have several stabs at um, try, trying to get it right. And this is probably my upteenth time. And if I don't screw things up, maybe, maybe um, I'll go to a good place, you know. So um, I do things. Which, um, which are the right thing to do. I do things, um, not just business side, but other things as well. Like, um, when I go to, um, no, uh, some things I can't say because they're, hid they're hidden blessings, but I set free live animals. Um, the company that we are, um, you know, we, we save lives, not just with people, but with animals as well, but, um, with the company, We've got several trusts which we set up to help people that are um, in a bad situation, either with health or you know, they, they, both parents have died, so they've become orphans. 
and they need to be educated. They need to be clothed. They need shoes. They need to feel cared for. Um, and it costs money, and the money's got to come from somewhere. So we've set up um, we've set up trusts to pay for this. Uh, we've set up. Um, it's important that we we um, that we lift other people up as well. Like if I can, if I change one person's point of view and and make them a better person, that reflects very well onto me. Um, and my karmic points <laughs> go shooting up as well. So for um, we don't tell people this, but for every product that we sell. It could be something cheap like our TENS pads, which are non-profit. Uh, we don't make a profit from the TENS pads. Um, we give $2. Uh, we call it uh, $2, uh, you know, uh, $2 to love. It used to be $1, but in 2021, we increased it to $2. So that's all, like every person that is, every customer becomes um, a don uh, donates to a charitable cause. It's their money. It, we're just a middle person, if you like. So with these, if it's a ten dollar item, they still donate two dollars, helping a child. This child might have no parents. They might be disabled in some way, and no one wants to adopt them because they they might be disfigured or hand, you know can't walk properly or something like this. Um, intellectually challenged. Everyone deserves love. So we, we try to change the world by um, making other people realize what we're doing and coming on board with us. So we've got this. We, um, each year we donate thousands of dollars in lump sums to an orphanage, um, to other hospitals, schools. Uh, I think 200 children. Um, we are helping through their um, schooling so that they learn how to raise themselves up and become better people. Um, all these things are important to me uh, and to the people that I associate myself with. The people that work for, um, for the company, they're amazing people. You've got no idea. They're not people that come to work Swiping their time card, <laughs> spend a certain amount of hours, and then go back home again. That's not the sort of people that we want. Uh, we get good people and we improve them. We make them so that they become um, uh, very um, passionate and wanting to help other people. We have classes, uh, regular classes in the company, um, teaching them how. Uh, to become vegetarian, why it's important to become vegetarian so we don't take lives. Um, I believe that um, animals were previously people, may be previously people. They may, because the circle is so tight, they might even be a distant relative somewhere in your family tree. Who wants to eat them? <laughs> and that's going to be a karmic cycle. You know, you're going to come back as an animal because you've done so many misdeeds in, in the, our current life. And it gets horribly complicated. So it's, if you go vegetarian, there's no chance of that. But also I believe it's wrong even just taking a life. It's double standards for me to be trying to help people and, on the other hand, consuming meat. The idea of the altruism that you're displaying here 
that seems to be the dividing line uh, of the new era that we're going to go into. Well, the forces that be try to make this the darkest zombie-like hell they can. Um, I'm meeting all kinds of people that are doing what you're doing. Uh, here, here's in the same vein of what you just said. And by the way, I studied so many of the Eastern traditions where the idea was that you could be reincarnated at a lower level. Um, but here, here's the thing. I live in a neighborhood which since the 60s, when it was first built in the very early 60s, not long after there was a neighborhood association because there's a number of easements that everybody who lives here is responsible to maintain. So there has to be a little association where they get together and they agree they're going to mow and trim and you know maintain these throughways. And so at the last meeting, uh, things had started to devolve. There was never any solidarity, people arguing. At the last meeting, I showed up and I said, I think the chemistry of the water has changed beneficially and I will be investing money in lobsters and crabs and all the life that I can get, which I have access to, and I'm going to introduce it back here. And everybody got interested. And it really? was the first, and here's the result of that. It is the first voting that I have seen in as long as I can remember that went unanimous. And the unanimous voting was not per se on the things I was talking about. It was these other things like, do we resurface this easement with, um, with some stones because it's getting rutted out and things like that. It's never been unanimous, but just the altruistic idea of, you know what? We've all spent our life here living by the water, probably eating lobster and taking and taking and taking. And I said, I'm going to try to put back. Um, and I told them I used to love to fish. I don't do those things anymore. I don't take. Now I'm trying to put back because of all the years I took. But the result of that was the voting within the neighborhood went unanimous on a number. As a matter of fact, every vote that went on after that conversation uh, it was unanimous and it shows the power of what's possible here. So I'm going to wrap up here, John, and I'm kind of glad because if we're going to talk about the things we started to open up, it would be better to do it an hour or two where we're behind, kind of behind a wall. There's certain things about what we're doing here. It doesn't serve us to just post it out in public because there's people who do not appreciate uh, altruistic ideas or the idea of trying to actually cure someone or actually benefit someone. But I saw a thing on TCM to, uh, not long ago um, because I take care of my 90-year-old mother. That's the kind of Turner Classics thing. And they do like these travel logs. And I saw in it Tesla devices, the little comb Tesla devices in two separate barbershops were quickly flashed to. And I saw the oral one Tesla device at a dentist's office all the way back in probably the late 40s or early yes. 40s, something like that. And What's always astounded me and what's got me so interested in what you're doing is when I got the Tesla device, it blew my damn mind. There's no part of the body that this doesn't apply to. As That's a matter right. of fact, if you knew what you were doing, and I'm not suggesting people do this, the idea back in the day was you could treat your prostate. There's actually a little one for inside your mouth. There's one that looks kind of like a comb for your hair. There's this other one that cups your eyes. In other words, completely logical. In other words, you know, I hurt my foot. I got to go find a foot doctor. No, well, my, my foot's connected to my body. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the idea that there must be validity to what's going on here because it treats everything. But Jason, I'm going to wrap up. Anything you want to get in or say about the second hour? Well, for hour two, I would really like to see what John thinks about what is the true nature of disease and cancer. 
those are good things for second hour. Um, anyhow, uh, people looking for John, you can go to spooky two. That's a numerical two.com. Uh, he's given the other, uh, addresses. And what I will do is the day this goes live, I will email John or Rose will email John, one of us. And I hope to see, uh, t- hope to you show up in comments, John, so that you can put links down, uh, since we don't have to worry about Western traffic crossing anywhere. Um, I always have to keep these things in mind now. You have no idea, but that does bring <laughs> the first hour of episode 334 to a close. And uh, I hope to see everybody at crow777radio.com. That's C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com for hour two, where we're going to get into some things that it's just not wise to lay down in an open, open public forum due to the level of censorship in the world and the kind of, I don't know, overreach, anything, anything perceived as medical, the overreach is astounding. But I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers. Belief 
is the enemy of knowing.